Today is going to be a little different. It's different for me too. We're doing this together. It's something new. Next year, we're going to start a four-week series called At the Movies, and it's going to be cool. But this year, we're doing an abbreviated version where we take a movie and we break it down and we connect it with the Word of God, and then we pull it all together on how it's functional. Everybody say functional, practical in my life. So we're going to be doing that. But I don't know about you, but sometimes there's enough wackiness in your life going on that it feels like a movie, doesn't it? Doesn't it sometimes feel like this would be a really hit reality show? If at least if it was a reality show, I could make some money off the thing, right? But no, there's not always cameras around. But if your life was a movie, what would it be called? Would you be the main character? A leading role, as George Clooney would say. Or would you be in a supportive role? Or maybe not on screen at all. Maybe you are behind the scenes making things happen as director or producer or stagehand. How many know the pieces you can't see or what make valuable the things you can see? Not only with the word of God, but with church mechanics, with business mechanics, with family mechanics. It's the things in private you don't see that are being prepared that expose what you do see. And without the first, the second wouldn't happen. But in any case, no matter what role you'd play in the creation of your movie, the one thing I can guarantee you'd be thinking about at the end of the day is, who's going to come see this film? How many tickets will I sell? Who will check out my movie? Our life is like a movie built upon different characters and scenes. And thankfully, the outcome is always greater than the setup or opening action sequence when our story writer is Jesus Christ. When he's writing the movie, the outcome is always better than the setup, than the opening Jackie Chan sequence. The ending is always better than the beginning when our writer is Jesus. And God puts us through these seasons of filming with an ultimate desire for us to see what we can be through his screenplay. It's his movie. We're just in it. You know? Some people get the microphone. Some people set up the stage. Some people make the coffee. Some people clean the trailers. Some people do this. Some people do that. There's all these pieces, and without one of them, the movie can't, you know, come around. You have problems. So my question this morning to all of you is, are you ready to take what God has been building in you and your church and expose it? Everybody say, expose it to an audience that Jesus Christ has been patiently preparing. He's preparing something. Amen. How many know what movie that is? Rudy. 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 One seat. One seat. It's Rudy. It's one of the best movies of, I think it was the 90s. When I was a kid, I'd watch it over and over because I had a dream not to do that, but I connected with Rudy's passion. See, Rudy was an under-average academic, an athlete, and he was short. But he loved Notre Dame football. Dave, yeah, I think Rudy looked just like you. Is that why you're raising your hands? Oh, really? Okay. Rudy. 
David. David. So <clears throat> him and his family loved the fighting Irish. And he lived in a small town, you know, meet, you know, meet him in the road, uh, hardworking family. And his dream was to play for the fighting Irish, you know, the University of Notre Dame. It's, it's a college and they have a football team and they call them the fighting Irish, if you don't know what that is. And he, he had no chance, okay, because this was the best of the best back then. This was the best. But Rudy had a calling on his life, he believed, in not a godly way. This was in just a dream he had. We're doing something that's of God, and God maybe had his hand on Rudy's life. I don't doubt that. But Rudy wanted to go to Notre Dame and play for the Fighting Irish. And everyone he told this to, including his brothers, laughed at him, mocked him, even his family, his parents. They're just like, you're too small. You don't have the grades. What's wrong with the life you have here? What's wrong with staying the same and doing the same thing? So we're going to go through the movie a bit in 30 minutes and show you the progression of Rudy and how it relates to God's will on our life. But we're going to tie it into Scripture. If we go to Mark chapter 4, verse 21 through 22, it's just a couple verses today. Jesus says, also he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? Because it's a light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Jesus says there is nothing hidden that should not be revealed. If I gave it to you, it needs to be revealed. He's saying it is my will to reveal it. It is not meant to keep secret. It is not meant to hold it inside. If I put a light in you by my spirit, it is to be shined on a lampstand, he says. The title of this message today is, See You at the Movies. I can smell the popcorn. See you at the movies. You see, you are a star in God's eyes. And it's time to let your star shine bright. You're not one of these fly-by-night Hollywood movie stars. You are an eternal star from the Lord Jesus that is here on this earth as his body. And you were meant to shine your light bright. I always love this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Because it's, it's so raw and pure, but it's the heart of Christ in that one little sentence. And the hard part about Shining your light like Rudy is it takes change. And change is not comfortable when all your family has done the same thing. And everybody knows only one way. And it's always been the same. So the idea of change can be difficult, not comfortable. And Rudy was brave. He was willing to leave what he knew to seek what he dreamed. It's a true story, by the way. He got in. Come on, somebody. He worked. And he worked. And they laughed. And he was willing to change. And he grew. And he got in. Oh, if I got into Notre Dame, I can maybe try out for the football team. This can really happen. This can really happen. He grew. See, the change presented an opportunity. And with his perseverance to stand on his dream, he grew and changed over the course of two years to where he eventually got into Notre Dame that no one said was possible. It was impossible. Why bother? It's a stupid dream. 
and he got in. And anybody's ever had a dream, that scene, it brings a tear. I don't know about you. It's a, it's a good scene. But he fought, and that change created growth. And results are happening in Rudy and us immediate when we yield. But it took a couple years for it to show. You know how many times he was probably in his room studying, going, why am I doing this? Is it really going to happen? No one believes in me, so why should I do it? But God believes in you. That's why you should do it. God believes in this church. That's why we should do it. That's why we do it. We don't live for men. We live by the word of God. We live to please him, our heavenly father. And we will grow, and we have, and we will keep on growing. Because we're pliable. And we're willing to yield even when the emotions have left the building. Now Rudy knew, wow, this is working. I actually got in. I know this is what he's thinking. He texted me. He said, this is what I was thinking, if you really want to know. I think he's still alive. It was back in the 70s. I wasn't alive, but somehow he texted me yesterday, and he said, that's what I was thinking is that I got into college. I'm going to try for this football thing. I'm going to try it. I'm only four foot three. No, I think he was like five eight. I don't know how tall he was. But I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to be like Spud Webb of the football era. I'm not going to be dunking. You know, Spud Webb is like 5'6", winning dunking championships against Michael Jordan. Does anybody remember Spud Webb? He was a little fella, and he could jump like his body height. It was ridiculous. If you were a little kid and wanted to be Michael Jordan, Spud Webb was next in line because he, he had some ups. That's what we call it. He got ups, bro. It was his shoes. You had to have the Reebok pumps. If you had the Reebok pumps, you'd pump them up, and you could just fly. Such we thought until I crashed into that big rock my mom had on the driveway and busted my toe off, and then my toenail popped off, and I saw another one growing in, and I broke my toe because I was trying to jump on the basketball rim, but I didn't have a springboard or any ups because I was, you know, I was a little, little vanilla, and I jumped, and I stepped on this rock, and I broke my toe, and it wasn't pretty. The pumps didn't do anything. So I bought some Jordans ever since because they made the difference, man. Shoes. But now Rudy knew. This is possible. I went, to, I went to junior college, and then I went to Belmont University. Anybody heard of it? In Tennessee, Nashville? And I, was, I lost some credits because I didn't plan properly, so a lot of my general credits didn't transfer, so I had to make up some time. So I was about a semester behind. You know, I wasn't on the full five-year plan. I was actually on the four-and-a-half-year plan. You know, most kids don't even graduate in four years. There's 134, degree, 140, 134 business degree credits to this business degree and I was about a semester behind and I was upset because all my friends were going to be graduating and I was behind by like 30 credits. So I was going to take summer school. And so, you know, the, what you're supposed to do is when you got to cram a bunch of credits, you take easy ones together. You don't take hard classes then. So what I do? I took accounting and statistics and it was in four weeks. A normal semester, it was condensed into four weeks. Y'all know what regular semesters look like. They're like, what, 16 weeks? This was four. So it was like four hours every day. And so I get into day one, summer school, four weeks. I think even summer school is normally like six to eight. This was four. It was the rapid, rapid program. And I get an accounting, and they're like, and then the negative debt, and the negative and the positives, and the, and the credit, and the balance, and the blah, blah, blah. sleep time. Four weeks of this, there's no way I'm going to pass. Statistics, I can't even remember addition half the time. You can ask my wife. I'm always off by one. How am I going to do 
calculus and business statistics. I don't know how to do anything but say one plus one is two. And that's all I could do. And so my math was no good. So I'm going to take statistics and accounting at the same time. In four weeks on top of all that, there's no way I could do it. But I said, I have to. I don't have an option. You know what's funny? I ended up getting like a B and an A. And by the end of the thing, I loved accounting. By the end of accounting, I loved it. I was like, wow, I didn't know it was in me. And then I started doing things like taking finance. And I love that too. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? What happened to me? But the point is, I grew because I was willing to face the adversity and grind through it. I had no choice. And so when I said, there is no plan B, it got easier. Because I was embracing the change. And I only mention that because it's traumatic. It was, I mean, I think I almost called my mom crying at like 21 years old saying, Mom, I can't do this. It's four hours every day, every day of accounting, four hours. Where's recess? You're 22 years old. There isn't any anymore. Oh, okay. But I got through it, and I grew. And you will get through it, and you will grow when you stick with it because you are a star in God's eyes, and it's time to let your star shine bright in consistency in the study, consistency in the word, consistency in his books, consistency in his drive. It creates growth, and God will change you and grow you when you become pliable clay. What started hard becomes normal, and then sometimes it becomes easy. Remember when that bothered me? <laughs> you know what the devil does? I mean, uh, God, sorry. Sometimes I confuse the two. You know what God does? He says, here's some more. And you think it's the devil. And he says, no, I'm stretching you, bro. I'm stretching you. You can't handle this. If you can't handle this, I'm stretching you like this. See? So then you look back and go, remember when that bothered me? And I just, I thought life was over for that? God grew you. When you have that moment, God changed you. Sometimes it takes 10 years. Sometimes it takes a week. It's all a matter of what you're acclimated to. But God will grow you. He will give you more, and it takes more to grow. And this is a big one. This is such a big one. Our focus is always on, like, contentment. And fulfillment will bring contentment. But it's a byproduct of growth. It's not the focus of growth. What do I mean? I mean, it's not the focus. God's focus is not for you to feel content. God's focus is you to accomplish his will here on earth as it is in heaven, such that his will be done and changes lives. So it is God's will that we grow as people. It is God's will that we grow as a church. It is God's will because it is the mission to plant the seed. The mission is not to feel content and go me, even though that's a byproduct and a joy we get out of the experience. Does that make sense? You can clap for that. That's good. I might write that down. Oh, I did. I typed it. It's right here. Maybe I'll save that one. Oh, I did. It's in a Word document. I'm a digital guy. Everything's in digital. I got cloud backups. I got spare solid state drive backups. I'm a backup nerd, Jim. And I got spreadsheets. and I got cloud spreadsheets. I got desktop spreadsheets. Oh, I could nerd out right now. The joys of the Lord. <laughs> but God will grow you. Not to feel content but to accomplish his will on earth as it is in heaven. And in a matter of time, something's going to happen. God's going to expose something. He's going to expose something. We look at this last clip here. After fighting 
against all the odds, Rudy ended up getting into Notre Dame. Then he ended up getting on like the B squad, like the football squad who just helps the actual good players. Like they're the ones who just hold the, the tackle things. And I'm not a football guy. I don't know. He, he holds the things, Dave, and the thing, and they hike, smash, smash them, you know, all that stuff. And they don't ever get to play in the game. That's for the A squad. So this is the point in the movie where he's made the B squad and he's actually getting to go on the field for the last game of the last season of his senior year, the very last play. He's out on the field. I mean, talk about waiting to the last minute. Jeez, man. Can you make your dream happen a little faster? We don't control God's timing, but, but this happened for Rudy, the very last game, minute, play. He got to go on the field and just be present. You know you can be present but not active. I can be present in God's half but not active on his field. God wants you to run a touchdown. He wants you to be part of your team and help you run a touchdown. Even if it's prepping the other players, you're active in God's house. And you're active in that team and so is Rudy. Let's roll that last clip. They put him in. That's the brother who made fun of him. That's the coach who hated him. That's the brother. God will take your haters and make them believers. That's what he did to his brother.
No one has ever been carried off the field except Rudiger, ever. Come on, somebody. He achieved his dream. He never wanted to be an all-star. He just wanted to show he could get there, and he did. And you missed the beginning of the movie where his brother was nasty to him. They got in a bar fight. I mean, it was a crazy thing. His brother was rooting him on because he made a believer. And when you fight for your cause, the people that mock you and ridicule you, they will come around cheering you at the end because God is touching them through you. So don't give up on them. Don't give up on them because they, they did it in such a tacky way, because they treated you in a way that was just so nasty. Don't give up on them. They don't know sometimes. They're like a child in the eyes of God. He's pruning their garden as yours is growing, and he will expose. What happened is Rudy got the exposure. The crowd knew Rudy before the team was even going to let him go on the field. The crowd knew his heart because he had invested in it for so long in private. Now the crowd was saying, give it to him. Give him the exposure. It's time. It was overflowing in the crowd. Before that scene played, you missed it, where they started chanting his name. And the chant said, Coach, put him in. He's ready for exposure. All his hard work paid off. Are you going to let the world make your decisions for you, for your destiny? Are you going to let God guide you? Are you going to compromise your destiny this morning because of what the world thinks? Come on, somebody. Are you going to let God make the decision for you? You need exposure when you're ready. Are you ready to let God guide you and expose his love to others through you? Yes, you. Why? Because you are a star in God's eyes. It's not too late because of what you did. You were a star before you ever did it. So forget about that, devil. I'm a star in God's eyes, and I'm going to let my light shine bright. Right, church? That's what we're here to do is let our light shine bright. And what God was cooking in secret is now ready for mass exposure. God's plan for you is ever-evolving and continuing to manifest in your life, and God is ready to expose you and your church. Your faithfulness impacts your church because you are one seat church. So what you do with your life for this church is what determines the success of one seat church into the world because God is using you to expose his word to the world. Not just me, not just Nick, not just Matt, not just Erica. It's all of us he is using because we are the body of Christ. Who's ready to run to God? Come on, somebody. Let's stand to our feet real quick. Who's ready? Who's really ready to run for God? Come on. Come on. What if God spoke to me and said, I got it? What if God said, I got it? You need exposure. You need mass exposure. God says, I know some soccer fields. Oh, you seen them? 
and he says, I know these soccer fields, and there's 6,200, that's 6,200, not people, families per week, all year round, that play at these soccer fields. And he said, what if I put your church right behind these fields? And he says, oh, wait, 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 no. He said, wait, he said, wait, pastor, I got more. He said, what if, what if we put these really big four by eight canvas banners? Yes, he speaks this clearly. Four by eight canvas banners in red background with nice white lettering. And when the people come into the soccer parks, it says, one see church this way. And then when they get into the soccer park, the fence that they have to enter to put their kid on the field says, one seat church is right behind you. And then God says, hey, what, what if we did more church? God said, what if we do more? What if we, we create this video? And this video is gonna be a national campaign that runs before every single movie 70 times per day seven days a week God said seven times 70 that's 2,000 people a week they're gonna see that one seat church meets to this audience yes right where you are sitting every video 2,000 people a week is gonna see that one seat church meets yes you you thought you were here for that movie right here on Sunday mornings there's a church and what if God positioned us in a place next to a freeway that from 7 a.m. to noon on Sunday morning averages 45,000 cars in five hours and that if just 10% of them look over and see the 40 foot by 10 foot red banner, I said 40 feet wide banner that one seat church is right in this building and there's an arrow and if 10% look over that's 4,500 per week that see that the church and 10% of that says I'm gonna go to the website that's 450 per week oh, I'm losing my voice and God says I got more you're gonna double up your A-frame signs maybe y'all saw the video yeah that was a hit you're gonna double up your A-frame signs because I'm gonna put them all over Winghaven Boulevard at Highway 40 at every junction so when people come to and from the freeway they're going to see one seat church this way they're going to look over and see a 40 foot sign one seat church right here they're going to go to the soccer park and it's going to say 24-7 one seat church is right behind you and the video is going to run 70 times a day that says hello this is Pastor Jeff this is one seat church we meet right where you are sitting are you guys ready? On December 1st, One Seat Church launches in its new location at the O'Fallon Regal Theater of a 280-seat room. We are going to start at 10.15 in the morning, our new service time, and God is ready to expose this house. Come on, somebody. Oh, man. Woo! I've been waiting so long to say that. I didn't know I'd lose my voice over it. But God is good. And God said, it's time. You've been preparing two years ago. Yesterday, we launched the video on social media that says, coming to Lake St. Louis, we're starting in the auditorium. And how ironic is it, Matt, that God says, this same month, you're going to switch to my new place for you. Because now, my path has changed. And you're ready for mass 
exposure. So get ready, church. It's about to change.